Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now. And with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall. And if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball. Now go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna let me for my ambition. And welcome on into a Monday edition of the Hooper's Log. Yes, it is November 11th. Ah! November 9th, 2015. November 11th is Wednesday. Yes, Veterans Day week is this week. We'll pay tribute to the heroes within our country. Yes, the heroes, the, the military heroes. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I was raised by a veteran. My mother, she was a, well, I wouldn't call her a hero. She's just my mom. I mean, every mom's a hero, let's be honest. But uh, my mom was in the military. She, uh, she was in uh, Desert Storm back in the early 90s, um, right around the time where I was born. Uh, she's helped serve in that a little bit. My dad was a 24-year Air Force veteran. Uh, so I have about 34 years of experience, of veteran experience for my family. Uh, my mom and my dad. So that's kind of where I stand on that again. And uh, I have probably more of the ideal perspective of that than most that have no idea what the military is about. And I'm going to be straight up honest with you. Uh, there are amazing people in the military, but there are also scumbags in the military. Now, my parents obviously aren't that, but I'll get into that later, probably on, on Veterans Day. You're listening live to the Hooper's Log uh, as I get off my bitter my bitter soapbox. Uh, we had a 24-game spread in the NBA over the weekend. Ten of them were on Friday. Nine of them were on Saturday, and five were on Sunday. It was the second full weekend in the NBA. We should have players of the week coming up here within uh, today, maybe even over the next uh, – definitely by Tuesday. Uh, Andrew Norris is on the line. We'll get him on in just a second. Uh, but first, let's get some preview promotion stuff out of the way. CMOBuckets.com, that's my website. Again, if you want to listen to any of previous episodes by me, go check it out there. If you want to go check out anything about the show, again, we will get beanies and shirts going on here over the next month or so. It will happen. Um, and again, it, it was a jam-packed uh, weekend this weekend. 16 whiteboard-worthy performances. One of those was a star-worthy performance. Again, if you know the Facebook page, if you do Facebook, go check it out. Facebook.com slash the Hooper's Log. You'll find it. We do every single day recap on the whiteboard that I have in my room that I set up for the NBA. 
It was a jam-packed weekend. Let's get it going. Andrew, what's up, man? How you going? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. Crazy night of basketball, especially for us here in Detroit last night. Uh, you know, a great weekend of basketball. It was a lot of fun to watch, and I'm excited to talk about it. God, it was crazy. I mean, this whole weekend was just – there were some games that were unbelievable. There were some games that were unexpected. Again, early, early in the NBA season, but we're going to go. Late. What do you say? Let's get it going, Andrew. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Again, these weekend recap shows are going to be a little bit longer than – your standard 45, 30-minute show that we normally have here on the Hoopers Log. They're going to go a little bit longer. They're not going to go too long, but they'll go enough where we can recap most of the games. There was a lot that happened this weekend. I want to talk about two games in particular on Friday. I'm going to recap the scores real quick, and then I'll let Andrew talk, but I want to go over a couple of games real quick. First game I want to go over was Toronto and Orlando. The Toronto Raptors came into this and won 5-0 and against the Orlando Magic, and I made the, I made the statement of, look, the Orlando Magic are the best one and four, one and three team in the NBA at the time. And I, I mentioned it. I was like, look, this team was six, seven points away from being undefeated. And they go in and they play the Toronto Raptors and they win 92 to 87. I watched this game from game from the beginning to end, definitely the fourth quarter portion. And you saw an Orlando team that really knows how to really muck it up in the paint and finds ways to win basketball games on an ugly fashion but they can get it done. And they are just one of the more fun teams to watch. If we, As we've mentioned multiple times on here, Andrew, they're one of the better teams to watch. And, I mean, I'm telling you, they are that close to really going over the top. I mean, they also won their other game this weekend over Philadelphia in dominating fashion. But this team now has three wins on this young season. Toronto, obviously, they're still really, really good. But what do you see from this team in uh, in Toronto and Orlando? What do you see from both of these teams heading down you know, this early portion of the season now, considering Toronto has now lost two in a row, and Orlando, they've now won two in a row, and they look like to be on a roll. What do you see now, Andrew? Uh, Evan Fournier's looked awesome, man. I mean, he has been carrying the Magic, averaging almost 19 points a game, four rebounds, two and a half assists. He's been outplaying Victor Oladipo. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, that's um, obviously he doesn't have the presence Oladipo has on the defensive end and just kind of the – the hustle that's shown, but it's a smooth jump shot. He's shooting a very high percentage from the field, and this Magic team is playing together. One of the most important things, especially in basketball, and I know it's kind of cliche, but they had 24 assists, you know, against the 76ers, and then I think 20-plus again. It's a team that, that likes to likes to share the ball. Nobody's going to go for 40 points, but they're going to have five, six guys who go for 15 or 10, 15, 20 points. You know, it's a balance of the tech. They're athletic, uh, but on the other end of the spectrum, they have guys who play close to the ground. They're a shooting team, but on the other end of the spectrum, they have guys who can play in the, in the post. They're a team who, you know, we always talk about their future, but their present is pretty bright right now. This is a team that the more I watch them, the more I really believe they can make a playoff run. Um, yeah, and in, after, in the Eastern Conference, it's really scary. You can keep going, keep going. And the Raptors, you know, they've lost two in a row. I'm not too worried. Kyle Lowry's still playing great. DeMar DeRozan's not playing as good as we, you know, me and you talked about that we originally saw he would. But he's still playing very good basketball. But, you know, these are two good teams. I I think if they played ten times, the Raptors would probably win seven of those. But uh, they're two two teams that are going to be really exciting to watch this whole season. And I think they'll both probably finish – 
I think the Magic will probably finish right around 500, but this Raptors team is obviously a top four or five seed in the East. So, you know, the, this is a fun game, and their matchups in the future should be fun as well. And as you can tell here on the Hoopers log, again, if you're listening here through CL, CLNS Radio, uh, we do have a bit of a delay between one another, which is why it's really hard to interact, which is why if you've been listening to us recently, I really try not to interrupt, and I know Andrew tries not to either because there's such a delay between us. If, if we could just actually have real dialogue, this show would be a lot more effective, but considering the delay that Blog Talk Radio has on us, it's really hard to interrupt and jump in and talk and stuff, which is why we give ourselves ample time to give our opinion and chat. But, uh, again, if you'd like to call in and talk to us, again, the, three, the phone number is 323-642-1558 is the number. A couple other games before we get to some major other couple of games I want to talk about. Washington got destroyed by Boston. It was one of those off nights by Washington that we were talking about uh, on Friday and Thursday, especially from last week. Washington got annihilated. Boston 118 to 98. Boston, Boston just came out and absolutely dominated. It just it was an unbelievable kind of game for uh, the Boston Celtics, putting on a, a complete performance by their team. Nothing really unbelievably outstanding, but <laughs> they got the victory, and they put down a team in the Washington Wizards that got it done. Los Angeles Lakers got their first one of the season, 104 to 98 again. Kind of a just two really bad teams playing, and Los Angeles found a way to get a W again. Kobe Bryant again, he got like 18 points or something like that again. Not looking like himself. Obviously, age is father times catching up to him real quick as we've all been watching uh, this season. Apparently, he missed the layup this 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 uh, this weekend, which is uh, just just Kobe Bryant's near the end, as we all know. Uh, I was mentioning some of those white boy performances. Philadelphia played Cleveland. It was a closer game than I thought, and it was. I went eight and two on Friday, by the way. Uh, in my picks, and uh, this was one of those games where everyone was like, oh, Cleveland's going to dominate. Yeah, they only won by six, but they got the win, um, and, they, and they didn't cover the spread, but Philly covered it for them. But anyway, Cleveland wins 108-102. to LeBron James gets a whiteboard win performance, a 63 overall, really, really good game, 31 points, 13 assists, four rebounds, and two steals on the day. An outstanding game from LeBron James. Uh, just, again, 31 points, 13 assists is all you really need to know. This guy is really all over the basketball court in a game against Philadelphia where, again, Robert Covington needed to come on and play against him is just is just laughable. And, and LeBron James, again, leading his team to another victory. Milwaukee and New York, obviously another good good matchup from the standpoint of really testing New York and seeing where they're at as a team right now. And obviously New York didn't quite get it done as Milwaukee won 99-92. Uh, and the other game I really wanted to talk about uh, for Friday was Miami and Indiana. This was a very good game. Obviously, for those of you who've been watching the NBA the last five years, this, these have been the two teams in the Eastern Conference that have really dominated. Granted, LeBron James is on the Miami Heat for those four years that they really put everything together, but this is a big-time rivalry. I mean, the Indiana Pacers, it seems like there's a lot of teams that are rivals with the Indiana Pacers, but uh, again, Paul George had an amazing game. He had a white boy with a performance, 36 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, and three steals. 57 overall on the whiteboard with the performance scale as they came out in their hickory uniforms, uh, obviously representing for the Hoosier movie that came out about 30 years ago. That was a pretty cool sight to see, seeing those guys play and obviously kind of set up the arena like it was an old school basketball arena. It was pretty neat to see and nifty to see. Andrew, what did you see from this one? And uh, what did you see from the rest of Friday's games? Obviously, all the other games really weren't that exciting. But what else did you see from this Friday uh, performances that you uh, that you want to talk about? Uh, I want to see seven games of the, the Pacers and the Heat. This game was fun. Uh, you know, it's two three-and-three three teams. Neither have got off to the start that a lot of people anticipated. 
But Paul George is starting to heat up. Uh, you know, Dwayne Wade hasn't looked – he looked not good in this game at all, 4 for 15 from the field, a minus 24 plus minus. So the Heat's bench is what kept him in it. But if you think – you know, if this team, this starting lineup can really put it together, that the Heat and the Pacers I think would go seven games in the playoffs right now. Um, but, you know, the main takeaway is Paul George looks like a superstar again, and it's scary. I mean, he can, he looks like he can go out and drop an easy 25. Um, other Otherwise, on Friday, I saw an Atlanta Hawks team that only won by six, but they still looked really good in doing it, especially in that first half. Um, you know, the Pistons took out the Suns uh, without the type of performances you saw last night, which is always good uh, from a – from a fan perspective of the Pistons, just because it looks like they didn't need those absolutely dominating performances. Uh, you know, Drummond was below his average. He he had an off night, only getting 17 rebounds. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was other other than that that Pacers game. You know, Golden State of course tore apart Denver. Denver was down, I think, 25 going into the fourth quarter. And they made uh, a little the Rockets, bit of a run, Denver did. Denver Denver came in, and, and I don't know if you were watching, but obviously Golden State got off to a quick start, and they played well. But Denver, they made a little bit of a run in the third quarter, kind of taking away the, uh, I guess you would say, the armor of the Golden State Warriors. I was watching this game as I was at work. It was kind of one of the last things I wanted to watch on TV before leaving and heading out for the weekend. And I saw Denver make a little bit of a comeback and show a little bit of a, what would you call it, a, a chink in the armor of the Golden State Warriors here early on in the season. As they, were, as they lost by only 15 points, I mean, the spread was 17, and Golden State obviously dominated and won. But at some point in this game, Denver actually outplayed Golden State in the third quarter, if you were watching. Uh, anything else, again, like you are saying about Houston and Sacramento? Keep going. Uh, Houston, once again, didn't look dominant, but – you know, they're, they're a team that's going to be fine. So, you know, you don't worry about them yet. But, uh, you know, they did not look like the dominant team we saw last year, that's for sure. Yeah, and and, and you were mentioning about Atlanta and New Orleans. Atlanta won 121 to 115. Obviously, Anthony Davis having to carry the load to keep this game relevant, uh, tying his career high, 43 points, whiteboard worthy performance automatically. They got a 66 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale, 43 points, 10 rebounds. <laughs> Four steals, three assists, and three blocks by him. And then, and then in the, in the Golden State game, I just mentioned Steph Curry. He actually went off: thirty-four points, ten assists, seven rebounds, and three steals, and a sixty-four on the whiteboard. But the performance of the night, by far, and you just mentioned it in the Houston game. And again, they needed every single one of these points and every single one of this performance from James Harden. A star-worthy performance of seventy-seven on the whiteboard with a performance scale: forty-three points, thirteen assists, six rebounds and two steals. Something tells me that that performance will be in the top ten by the end of the season. Saturday games, as you just heard, those games, those are the white boy performances of Friday. Saturday games, there were nine on the schedule. Uh, the only game I really wanted to really talk about and get in depth about was uh, obviously the Houston-LA Clipper game. We'll get to that in a second. But the Minnesota-Chicago game was interesting from a standpoint of Minnesota – they might be a little bit further along than we thought with a game like this in Chicago. Again, Derrick Rose played awful. And Minnesota, they just came out and performed and played the way a young team does. I mean, they won in overtime in a short game, a uh, short overtime period, obviously, 102 to 93. When you win by nine points in overtime, you talk about really getting past the gassed team in Chicago. I mean, Minnesota just came out and played a very well 
well brand of basketball. What did you see from this one and other games that you saw, Andrew, in, on Saturday night? Uh, this game specifically, you saw how good the Timberwolves could be when Andrew Wiggins is in the tax. Uh, he had 31 points on the night, a plus 20 plus minus. Uh, you know, and, and that mixed with Carl Anthony Towns going for 17 and 13 with a plus 15 plus minus. This team could shoot up the, not, again, not a playoff team, but could shoot up those leaderboards this year, um, you know, and in not only individual stats, which, which in a growing team, a lot of people say don't focus on individual stats, don't do this. But in a team this young, individual stats can mean a lot. It can show what right. teams are capable of, growth. Who, you know, it, it determines what and who, how you should be playing the game around certain players. But this team is now three and two with a good win over Chicago. I mean, it's awesome with their veterans filling their roles and their young players doing what they should. Ricky Rubio had ten assists. Andrew Wiggins thirty-one points. Carl Anthony Towns, like I just said, seventeen and fourteen. So this Timberwolves team is gonna—I think they're gonna play a big spoiler role down the stretch and be closer to that eight seed than we originally thought. And as I mentioned, I mean the the Minnesota Timberwolves again winning one hundred two to ninety three outscoring and shutting out the Bulls in overtime 9 to nothing. I mean, you talk about a Bulls team that, again, the, the age and identity and things are kind of starting to get a little bit shaky out there in Chicago. Again, a good team, 4-3, and three, and they're going to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. But a team where if something goes wrong and something doesn't work out to 100% degree, or even if they gas out late in games, you're going to see stuff like this in, the, in, in overtime against a young team because the Bulls are a good team, but when you have some guys not playing well, a la Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler when he has an off night, and Paul Gasol has to lead the squad, you're looking at a team that really can gas out and have a team like the Timberwolves kind of sneak one and take one up away from them late in the ballgame. Uh, other games I've mentioned, uh, Orlando and Philadelphia. Again, Orlando had 105-97. to I mentioned that earlier. They got the win. Alfred Payton had 20 points, five or five assists. And Philadelphia is still winless on the season, 0-6 on this young season, uh, a lot like the Brooklyn Nets, which I wanted to mention them as well. 0-7 now as they lose to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's finally kind of making their presence known, finally early on in this season, as they're now 4-3. and They've won four in a row early on in this year, 94-86. to Jared Bayless had a pretty good game, 19 points, 10 assists. The only really bright spot in, in, in Brooklyn right now, and, and, and obviously, as you know, uh, Brooke Lopez has gotten hurt again. And Thaddeus Young is another guy where he's finally starting to show his, his youth, 18.13 rebounds. But, man, 0-7 is a pretty brutal start to begin the year. Andrew, what did you see from this one, or what did you see from maybe maybe some other games that happened on during this weekend? Uh, that one is pretty simple. The Nets are horrible. They're going to be horrible for a very long time. Uh, but my main takeaway from the Nets season so far is that the Boston Celtics got themselves a lottery ticket with the draft picks they have from Brooklyn. I mean, this yeah. this is this is going to be the problem, you know, a bottom three team in the league at at best. They're they're very bad. Like you said, Brook Lopez not healthy hasn't hasn't been healthy for a full season. Um, you know, and then obviously the Rockets and Clippers game always exciting. You know, that's that's a playoff atmosphere every single time they play. Harden drop. 46 in this game. Uh, Blake Griffin went for 35. It was it was a fun game, man, and it, it it had you on the edge of your seat from the first quarter till the end of the game. Uh, Dwight went for 20 and 20. Uh, you know I'm used to seeing that, but a lot of fans aren't. Uh, you know it's just a team. It, it's two teams that 
are both championship contenders and legit championship contenders, not a Raptors team, not a Bulls team that are fluky championship contenders. These two teams are legit, could win it all this year and, and for, you know, a couple of years down the road possibly. But, uh, you know, it, it's a series. It's something that I want to see in the playoffs once again. Uh looks like the Rockers, Rockets still got the Clippers number. Uh, but, you know, the Clippers, Chris Paul doesn't, you know, he he didn't he didn't play because of sore right groin or groin and they only lost by four so you know I I see uh, silver linings in this for L A. Yeah, and this game between Houston and, and and L A. was the game of the night by far. I mean, I watched this fourth quarter. It was it was it was jaw dropping. It was exciting. It was what you want to see in an NBA game, especially two teams like you said that are legitimate NBA championship contenders. And the one problem I had, and if anyone watched this and saw the game or even saw the replay, obviously Dwight Howard and the NBA admitted it. Dwight Howard caused a goaltending that the refs blatantly missed. And it really changed the complexity of the game. And like you mentioned, Chris Paul wasn't even in this game. And the Clippers were within a couple of points and that they should have tied it on that on that goaltending. It should have been a tie game with about 20 seconds to go. It would have changed the whole complexity of the game. It would have been different. Who knows? Maybe James Harden still would have made a step back three and won it. He had 46, like you mentioned, four, four rebounds and two assists. 54 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale, obviously an automatic whiteboard worthy performance when you score 40 or more, and James Harden got that easily in that one. Obviously, a couple assists there helps out. Speaking of former Boston Celtics, uh, Rajon Rondo, he had a triple-double. I think it's like 15th triple-double in the last like five years. He's got the most or whatever. He's got a lot. Rajon Rondo, 14 points, 15 assists, was automatically put you in a whiteboard worthy performance. 14 points, 15 assists, 12 rebounds, and four steals. He got a 60 and a triple-double, 60 overall in the white boy, the performance, and a 60 on the night. The performance of the night was by Rajon Rondo in a Sacramento loss to Golden State. Again, Sacramento's still not playing well, but Rajon Rondo had one heck of a ball game. And there's something about Rajon Rondo when he plays against big teams. He just comes out and plays well. The Kings have started off 1-6. and six. You can contribute that to the factor of, look, DeMarcus Cousins hasn't been playing. I guarantee if DeMarcus Cousins has been playing, this team might be around three and four instead of uh, one and six. Obviously, there's two other white boy performances on the night on Saturday. Uh, Dwight Howard, 20 and 20, as you just mentioned, 20 points is going to get you automatically in the white boy performance, and he had three assists on that. So 49, so automatically not a white boy performance, but it is in there because of the 20 rebounds. Blake Griffin, he had probably overall the performance of the night from the standpoint of just he is an MVP candidate automatically just by the way he performed again. 35 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists. 56 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. Blake Griffin absolutely went off on Saturday night. And then you had uh, then you had the Orlando Magic again. Washington Wizards, they lost another one to the Atlanta Hawks, 114-99. to San Antonio Spurs won 114-94. to And then... The Dallas Mavericks won 107-98 to over the New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans is now 0-6 on this young season. The Utah Jazz are also 89. They won 89-79. I was talking to Tony Jones the other day about the, about this Utah Jazz team and how they played against some tough opponents. And Utah, he said they haven't played anyone yet. And I, I beg to differ just based on the fact that they beat the Memphis Grizzlies and they looked outstanding. Andrew, uh, we're going into the Sunday games now. Andrew, what did you see from Sunday? There were quite a bit of great performances and quite a bit of great things that we saw there on Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, that that Cavaliers-Pacers game was a thriller. Again, Paul George looked awesome. Monte Ellis had 25 points in 34 minutes. 
Um, so, something that was that was a good thing to see was Tristan Thompson got a little bit of an offensive game going. In 30 minutes, he had 16 points. That game was a thriller. I mean, I, I was I had to watch it on GameCast, unfortunately. Uh, you know, just watching the shots go up on the little ESPN app is always is always exciting. But you know, that game was fun. Um, the Knicks took a step back, I think, because the Lakers did not play well, and it was still a close game. Uh, I still think the Knicks are a far, far better team than the Lakers, but obviously they pulled out the win 99-95 there. Um, a game that I bet on like an idiot, I took the Raptors to beat the Miami Heat, and the Raptors so got dismantled. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just got dismantled. They shot 30. And, and the, the weirdest part of this game is there was only a 3% difference in field goal shooting. But the Raptors had a total of 29 points in the second half. The the Heat had 30 points in the third quarter. So all the, all the every single point in the fourth quarter was essentially profit points, as I like to call them, where it's just all <laughs> making the lead go up and up and up. Uh, you know, and this this is this wasn't against the Heat's you know most amazing lineup. You know, uh, Mario Chalmers played 25 minutes. He's been you know getting less minutes. Uh, the Thunder looked really good against the Suns. Uh, you know, Cantor had a good game off the, you know, off the pine, getting 21 points there. Little something I've been very disappointed with the Thunder is the lack of minutes for uh, Cameron Payne, averaging three minutes a game. Uh, you know, that's a guy who I thought was going to be able to come in and be a very good backup. I thought he was going to compete for Rookie of the Year even. Uh, and then let's get into the game of the night. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the quarter of the decade. Okay, this was the best quarter I have ever watched a team play in my life. That's I'm not exaggerating. I have never yeah. seen a team have a quarter like the Detroit Pistons had in the fourth quarter of last night. Yeah, this is you know I'm a I'm a junkie. I know I know when to stop gambling, but I seem to win a lot, so I keep doing it. And I bet on this game. I had the Pistons money line. Uh, you know they were the the Blazers were favorited against the Pistons, which is not right. But anyways, down 13 going in the fourth, I'm like, wow, this is going to be a bad day. I just lost again. And then all of a sudden, they flipped this unbelievable switch. Reggie Jackson went into God mode. Andre Drummond went into, I'm going to block every shot that comes up. Oh, yeah, and I'm just going to grab the rebound just because I want it. I mean, it was insane. This team at one point had a 36-6 to run going and finished the quarter they they went into the quarter down 13, ended the game winning by 17 points. I mean, <laughs> Reggie Jackson had 16 straight points and 26 total in the fourth quarter. Andre Drummond yeah. had 29 points and 27 rebounds. Oh, by the way, he's averaging 20 and 20, averaging. Something I yeah. wanted to throw out, I, I, I tweeted it out last night. Andre Drummond in his last three games, this stat is insane. In his last three games, has and Chris actually showed me it has as many twenty-five and twenty-five games as the next highest active player, who would be Dwight Howard, has in his whole career. Andre Drummond has two in his last three games. Dwight Howard has two in his career, and that's the second best in the NBA. Andre Drummond has three twenty-twenty games this season. The rest of the NBA has two combined. I mean, it's. It's unreal. So far, 
call me crazy. I know Steph Curry's there. I know Russell Westbrook's there. Andre Drummond has been the MVP of the NBA so far. Oh, he's by far been the best center in the NBA up to this point in the first two weeks of the season. I will give you that. There's no debate on that front. I mean, you start your season five and one, and you go into into Portland, and this is where I want to kind of test you on, obviously, for the preview tonight. We'll preview the games for tonight, but as you know, game of the night is in Detroit and Golden State. This is the game where you can start to like legitimately start saying, is Andre Drummond for real? And in championship environment in a place in, uh, in you know, in, in Golden State, in, in Oakland. If, if they can find a way to go into Oracle Arena, and if Andre Drummond can do that 20 and 20, dominate and win the ball game for the Pistons in Oracle Arena, first of all, it will shut up all the crazy Steph Curry fans out there, which you guys are crazy, by the way. Um, but if, but if, if they can go into Oracle Arena, and shut them down. You're talking about a you're talking about a team that will have legitimate everyone jumping on their bandwagon. You're going to see the bandwagon get a little heavy, Andrew, because it's going to be like, whoa, this team's for real. Six and one. If they win tonight, that would be that would be the game we talk about tomorrow, probably all day, because that's going to be a crazy game tonight. I'm definitely watching it on my phone. Screw Monday Night Football. I'm watching that game. Uh, but uh, that's that's where that's going to be at. Um, and you mentioned a lot of the games last night. Obviously, all the score run breakdown was there. <clears throat> Indiana and Cleveland was a good game. 30, 97, <clears throat> excuse me, woo, dry voice. Uh, Cleveland 101-97 over Indiana. There was quite a bit of whiteboard-worthy performance in this one. Paul George, 32 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 55 overall on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. Outstanding there. And then you mentioned, uh, obviously, the Knicks won 99-95. Uh, I mean, Kobe's done. I mean, Kobe's just... One and five now for the Lakers again. I, I, mean, I know they mentioned they beat the, the Brooklyn Nets, but that's the only teams they're going to beat this year are the bad teams. They're just they're a bad team themselves. Raptors and Heat again. I thought the Raptors were going to win this one. I mean, the, the, it was relatively obvious in this one from the perspective of you know, uh, Raptors are a good scoring team, I, and people need to recognize something. And I watched the game between Orlando and, and uh, Toronto on Friday night and. People need to understand something, and this is what blows my mind about people and James Harden and you know these really good scores in the NBA. De- Demar Derozan. And I have harped on this, and I'm going to keep harping on it until the cows come home. But people need to understand something. Demar Derozan is an elite scorer. I watched him several times in that game, single-handedly keep that Raptors team in the game against Orlando. And I'm, I mean, obviously Orlando won the game, but when that team goes on an anemic run and they can't score a basket. Tamar DeRozan always seems to come through, always seems to come through. And this guy is an elite scorer. Yeah, he's going to have off nights, but so does everyone else. Everyone has an off night. He has them. But there are times in the fourth quarter where he can legitimately do it all from every angle on the basketball court. And he is, he is terrifying. He, I mean, you talk about Halloween already coming and going. He's Halloween every day when he's on the basketball court. He is a nightmare for guards when it comes to coming down the post. He even plays the three position sometimes at the small forward. He is a guy that is terrifying. Obviously an off night for them as they lost to the Heat. But you're going to see, and this is the part I was trying to get to, but I got, I got carried away because DeMar DeRozan is just crazy. But uh, the Raptors, they have Jonas Valanciunas, who's is great. The problem is, is it, again, you're going to see weakness from this Raptors team in the paint. Jonas Valanciunas can only do so much, but when you, uh, when you have a team like the Miami Heat with Hassan Whiteside getting 20 points and 11 rebounds, Chris Bosh going off like he did, 
you're not going to compete very well with teams with big men down low like the Raptors can. And that's the only issue they really face is, yes, Jonas Valanciunas can hold his own, but he can't guard two people. And when you play against a team with two big men, the Raptors are just going to struggle. When it comes to the guard game, they're going to win because they have a guy in Kyle Lowry. Again, great, great night on, on Sunday last night. 15 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. You, that's a really, really good performance by our point guard. That's what you want to see in your point guard. And obviously, DeMar DeRozan didn't have the best night. He had a pretty good night, but he didn't have, a, he didn't have the best night. But that's not going to cut it when you play against a team like the Miami Heat who has a really good uh, who have a really good big man. And like you said, I could see this team, I could see this series going seven games. I could see this, if they played each other, I could see that going a really big time uh, series in the Eastern Conference. But again, uh, you're going to have an off night from time to time. The Raptors had one, but at the same time, the big men for the Miami are just going to dominate. Three whiteboard-worthy performances in the uh, in the Phoenix and uh, Oklahoma City game, as the Oklahoma City Thunder had two, obviously, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Kevin Durant, 32 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, three steals. They got they, they beat the Suns by 21. They dominated in that one. Russell Westbrook, again, 21 points, 13 assists. Crazy. And then six rebounds on top of that, four steals. You talk about being all over the basketball court. One of those steals was a just just crazy dunk down the other end by Westbrook, as you saw in this game. There's a highlight on the NBA.com about it. It's just crazy. Russell Westbrook's insane. And then, obviously, Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is the quintessential point guard for what you would want. He is what – like, let's just say if you needed a guy to plug in at the guard position, Eric Bledsoe is one of those guys that people don't really think about, but he is the perfect example. 28 points. 11 assists, 2 rebounds. That's that's what a good guard does. That's what that's what a near elite point guard does. Eric Bledsoe is kind of like the Al Jefferson of guards in the NBA. He's really good. He should be an all-star, and he should constantly be there, but he's always snubbed out because he's never the one of the big-time names in the NBA. But Eric Bledsoe had a great game again, 28 points, 11 assists, and 2 rebounds. And then the game you just mentioned, Pistons and Trailblazers, good God. Andre Drummond, 29 points. 27 rebounds, which automatically puts you in whiteboard the performance scale. Uh, and then he had two steals and three blocks, most of those in the fourth quarter. 61 overall on the whiteboard worthy performance scale by Andre Drummond. <laughs> it's just averaging 20. I'm looking at the stats right now. 20.3 points, 20.3 rebounds. That is that is MVP domination level status right there from one guy on the team where, I mean, again, 5-1. and one. You're talking about a team where – Five and one, it's still early. If it's a month from now and they're still playing the way they are, it won't be early. It'll be pretty pretty good. We're only about a month away from our quarter poll in the NBA. And if we get to that point and the Pistons are still playing at this level, you're looking at a guy in Andre Drummond who will put his name in the MVP boat. And right now he's there. He's there. He's there right now. But you got about a quarter left. You got about a month left until the quarter poll. Once we get there, that's when we'll really know and shake out who the real MVPs are in the, in the debate. But again, a big time performance by him last night. It just came up on my screen. Players of the week just came up on my screen. And no shocking uh, conclusion here James Harden and Andre Drummond. He gets player of the week in the Eastern Conference, and James Harden is Western Conference. Player of the week, obviously James Harden having a 46-point performance on Saturday, and then the night before having 43 and 13. So those are your players of the week in the Eastern Conference. Andre Drummond, second week in a row, and then James back Harden back. taking the page back to back. Absolutely, absolutely back to back. And then the one whiteboard worthy performance we forgot to mention, which really came out of nowhere, like he, like uh, like Andrew said uh, in the Detroit Portland game, Reggie Jackson. 
he had a big f- performance, 40 points, five assists, four, five rebounds, and two steals, 57 overall on the scale, but that 40 automatically gets him in there with the 40 points. That's going to get you automatically all the time. Oh, and, and one guy we forget to mention every time because when they don't do well, he still does well. Damian Lillard, 26 points, 11 assists, and four rebounds of 52 on the whiteboard with the performance. That's your weekend recap, a big-time weekend recap. And, again, you just heard the players of the week, and we'll mention them more tomorrow, obviously, as we break those down more in depth with James Harden and Andre Drummond's performance. I mean, you pretty much heard our breakdown of those two guys already, but uh, that's, that's what we have there for the weekend recap. Okay, let's preview some games. Andrew, is there anything special you wanted to mention before we get into this preview? Uh, you know, just how how awesome it is to have Andre Drummond because I just found out when you said that that he got it again. Uh, you know, we first time a player has even won one time since 2009. It has been a long time since we've been excited about basketball here in Detroit. And, you know, Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson are just putting on shows for us. So it's just awesome to see. And, of course, we'll get to talk more about that in a little bit during this preview. So let's get started. Yeah, this preview is uh this this preview is is again seven games tonight in the NBA, big time games. Uh there's there's only two really that I'm probably going to be watching. One of them is the Magic and the Pacers. I'm going to definitely turn that one on at work tonight. And then the other one is the big one as I just mentioned Pistons and Warriors. Those will be the two games that I will be having on in my at my work tonight. Uh Pacers and Magic Two teams that really are better than their records show. Three and four are both of them. This is kind of one of those games that's going to real. I think this is going to be one of those games where we're going to figure out who is. I, I wouldn't say for real because I think both these teams are for real to an extent in different ways. But I think we're going to see really which team coming out of this game is going to be more prepped coming going forward because the litmus tests have slowly been taking effect. But this will be the ultimate litmus test for both these players, both these teams. And I think with where the Pacers have finally put themselves and how they've been playing, I think they're going to go to 500 in this one. And I think they're going to get the win. I think they're going to cover that four-and-a-half-point spread. What do you see in that one, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Four-and-a-half just isn't enough for me. Uh, You know, I think think it's going to be closer to – I think it's going to come down to the buzzer, man. I really do. Yeah, I think it's going to be a classic game there in Indiana. I think it's going to be one of the best games to watch for the night. Bulls and 76ers. The 76ers are 0-6. Chicago's favored by 9. I don't understand why Chicago's favored by 9. They just played a Timberwolves team that played out of their mind well, but the Bulls have also not been playing very well. And with and with that being said, I mean, them coming from Chicago, going to Philadelphia, um, and again, this is kind of a nationally televised game. It's on NDA TV. Um, for those of you who have NBA TV, tune into this one. I think the Sixers will get their first win tonight. I, I would not be shocked if the Sixers, if, if they did not not keep it close, I wouldn't be shocked if they got their first win tonight. The Bulls, they have some serious issues going on there right now. I mean, obviously, Joe Kim Noah isn't playing a lot for some reason or another. Obviously, he hasn't gotten better anytime soon. The Sixers have Jaleel Okafor, who can dominate a game if he wants to. He's averaging 19-5 and five right now as a rookie. That's, that is big time if you ask me. And for a team to be favored by nine, or the Bulls to be favored by nine in this case, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the 76ers are going to keep it close and maybe even win this one. What do you see in this one, Andrew? Uh, I saw. I think the, the 76ers are going to come out motivated. I saw a stat from Mark Stein last night. Uh, not so much a stat, I guess, but uh, 76ers have four games this week. They have to find a way to win one. 
or else they will be the first team in history to start back-to-back seasons 0-10. That's not something you want to carry around with you. Uh, I'm on the opposite. I I think I'm one of the few people on the opposite end of the spectrum about uh, Jalil Okafor. When I see a seven-footer only getting five rebounds a game, I throw up in my mouth. Uh, I hate him. I hate it. Uh, rebound is my favorite. Rebounds are my favorite stat in the whole league. It's a hustle stat. In my opinion, it's more of a defensive stat unless, you know, you're getting a ton of offensive rebounds. Um, but I, I think the 76ers are going to keep it close. Uh, I, I really think Hoiberg should start joking Noah just to slow down Jalil Okafor in the post a little bit, get in his head, start talking in his ear. Uh, but, you know, I think the Bulls win, but I think the Sixers cover the spread. Yeah, I think the Sixers will cover it as well. I mean, plus nine is ridiculous for a team that's 0-6 and a, and a team that just came off a brutal loss in Chicago in the Bulls. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. Plus, minus nine is just too big. Timberwolves and Hawks in Atlanta. Again, Atlanta is 7-1. and one. They're probably the best team in the NBA right now when it comes to just just overall style of play. I mean, they, they, have, they have won a lot of games for a reason. They're a team that can compete with anybody. They're favored by eight and a half, which I don't think is right. I think, I think they'll win the game over the Minnesota Timberwolves, who just played a great game against the Bulls. But I think the Timberwolves will keep this one close. It wouldn't shock me if, the Atlanta, if Atlanta beat them, just based on the fact that they're just more experienced. Obviously, they've, they've been to an Eastern Conference Finals. This team knows what it takes to succeed at a high level in the NBA. I just think Minnesota is going to come out and they're going to compete. They have bigger big men than Atlanta. And I think if their size can take advantage of that Atlanta Hawks team, then they could keep it closer than we think. Andrew, what do you think? Again, Atlanta's favored by eight and a half. I'm going to take Minnesota on the plus 8.5. What do you see in this one, Andrew? Yeah, uh, Atlanta's a, a really good ball team. They're my pick for the Eastern Conference runner-ups. Runner uh I think the spread's a little too high, like you said. I think Minnesota covers. I think they barely cover. I think it'll be closer to an eight-point game. Um, you know, it'll be worse than an eight-point game. I think it'll be kind of a blowout, and Minnesota will uh, get a cl- closer at the end. But I guess the Hawks, you know, controlling the pace, controlling the ball, showing the young guys how it's done in the, you know, Spurs-type offense, Spurs-type defense. And I got Atlanta winning this one pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, next game on the docket, Trailblazers and Nuggets. Again, the Trailblazers have just proven us all wrong. I don't understand how Denver's favored by a point in this one. I just I don't get it. I don't see I don't see Emmanuel Moutier guarding Damian Lillard very well in this one. I, I think Damian Lillard is going to find a way to get another victory for this team. Again, four and three on this young season. Now I could be wrong. Denver could show the real warts that tr- the Trailblazers have, which is they have a good team. I mean, the Trailblazers have. And that's shocking to say they have a competitive team, not a good team. They have a competitive team, but the Nuggets have young talent. And the only issue I think the Trailblazers will run into tonight is a guy in Kenneth Fareed. This is the kind of game where you can expect a guy like Kenneth Fareed if it happens. I don't think it will, but if the Nuggets win this game, I can expect a guy like Kenneth Fareed to put up an Andre Drummond-type performance, like a 20-20. and It can happen. I've seen Kenneth Fareed put up 25 rebounds before. I've seen him do it, and I've seen him go 20-25. and it's been the case, and, and he can do it in this one. The Trailblazers just don't have the rebounders to compete with that. And if Kenneth Reed comes out like a manimal, like he is, like that's his nickname, then they'll win this game. But I think the Trailblazers will find a way to eke it out in this one. What do you see in this one, Andrew? Uh, I got the Nuggets. I think last night was actually, as much as I want it to be about the Pistons dominating, I think it was more the Trailblazers coming out party to show who they really are. 
Uh, not yeah. a lot of people watched the beginning of that game, but, man, those Blazers couldn't miss a shot. And it just showed where they were at to start the season. Um, but I think, you know, I'm on, the, I'm on the opposite end as far as Emmanuel Moody. I think this could be a huge game for him. Damian yeah. Lillard can't cover a fly. I mean, he cannot cover. Well, I guess a fly would be kind of hard to cover, but you get my point. Uh, you know, yeah. he can't cover anybody. I think Emmanuel Moody could go for closer to 25 in this game. Uh, I think the Nuggets end up winning this game by almost 15 points. I think the Blazers come out and uh, have a decent first quarter off emotion alone after being embarrassed last night. But I think the Nuggets run away with it and kind of show the Blazers true colors. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't honestly, like I said, I, I wouldn't be shocked with that either. Uh, the other game to mention before we get to the two big ones tonight, two bigger ones tonight actually, uh, Spurs and Kings. This is going to be, this is going to be a, uh, uh, this is going to be a game where you watch fundamentals at its finest when it comes to the Spurs and their. This is going to be a clinic. This is going to be a clinic game. Uh, the Spurs should win by twenty. I mean, and that should be a benchmark. I don't understand why they're only favored by eighteen, by eight. By, excuse me, by eight points. I don't understand that. Uh, the Spurs, DeMarcus Cousins, I hear, is, is maybe going to be back. If not, if he's not back, you're looking at a just 20-point blowout. There's no way Kawhi Leonard gets guarded in this one. I don't see how Tim Duncan and LaMarcus Aldridge even get touched in this one. Tony Parker has every free range to go to the rim. Obviously, Darren Collison and Rajon Rondo have him, but then who's going to guard Manu or, or Danny Green? It's going to be a wreck. What do you see in this one, Andrew? You know, even if Cousins does come back, normally strained Achilles or something you really don't mess with. So I don't see him playing more than probably 25 minutes a game. Uh, you know, I think the Spurs, like you said, put on a clinic, show them how it's done, run the pop offense, run the pop defense where you're just frustrated, you don't know what to do, and then they just start raining threes on you. And then their bench comes in and does the exact same thing. The, the Kings started out 1-7 and seven, or 1-6 and six this year. Here comes one and seven and another really rough year in Sacramento. Yeah, that's just the case. And then uh, the game before we talk about the game of the night, uh, Clippers and Clippers and Grizzlies. The Clippers. This is actually a really, really, really good line by Vegas. Five and a half for the Clippers. It's scary because I could see it going either way. I could see the Grizzlies coming because this is the thing about the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are so inconsistent, and they're three and four. It's just. That that three and four is very shady because they have dominated teams and they have gotten dominated. I mean, it's it goes one way and the other, and they're going into L.A. where the Clippers have had uh, they've had a pretty rough weekend. I mean, they lost to Houston uh, on Saturday night, and they, they, they I think they're going to come out and win this game. I just don't think it's going to be five and a half is rough because I could see it being a six point victory. I could see it being a five point victory. I could see it being one or the other. And Vegas put it at the perfect line. I'm going to say Clippers win by five and a half, by more than five and a half. But I'm telling you, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't touch this game at all. I think the Clippers win, but I, I really don't know how much they're going to win by. I think it's going to be closer than people think. But <laughs> for all I know, they could win by five and a half. I'm going to take the five and a half just because I feel like it's more confident, but it could go either way. What do you say, Andrew? I think you're way off on this one. I mean, let, let's look at some of these scores. Memphis lost by 10 to a good team in Utah, but then they go out there and lose by 19 to Portland. They beat a bad team in Sacramento by 14, lose by 50 to Golden State. They beat Brooklyn. Right. I mean, they're beating up on the bad teams. They're, they're getting thumped by the good teams. I think that this spread should be almost 15 points. I think the Clippers are going to come out, run this game from start to finish, not ever – not not – 
give the Grizzlies even a, a a little light of hope. Nothing. I think the Clippers dominate this game. I am a betting man. I'm probably gonna end up touching this one. Uh, <laughs> you know, I might I might just go straight money line and just throw it all on the Clippers because I don't think there's any way they lose this game. Yeah, I mean, again, and it wouldn't shock me either if they come out and blow them out. It's just the Grizzlies again, like you said, they beat the bad teams, but they're still they're still one of those teams that you just don't really mess with because they don't they don't just. I mean, yeah, they either get blown out or they blow out other teams. It's it's just that's just how they're playing right now, and it's inconsistencies again. Bad teams, but with the way the Clippers have been playing, it could. I mean, again, I think the Clippers will win, but man, it's just the Grizzlies scare me when it comes to gambling because they could go either way on that front. And then you speak speaking of high high uh, line. Good Lord. Every time the Golden State Warriors have played this year, their line, they've always been favored by 10 plus. I don't understand why they're favored by so much in this one. Do you, do people not understand that they don't have a guy who can guard Andre Drummond? Do they not recognize that? Freaking Andrew Bogut is, is as fragile as a glass like architectural piece in a museum. He's that fragile, and Andre Drummond could just absolutely dominate him down low. Yes, Draymond Green can play some defense, but do you really think Draymond Green being able to stop Andre Drummond and his success? Again, back-to-back players of the week in the Eastern Conference, and I think Steph Curry can do something against Reggie Jackson, but this is, this is the game where I mentioned earlier in our recap. This is a game where the Pistons, if they win this game or keep it competitive, if they keep it a very close game and the Warriors have to pulling out in the end, you're looking at a Pistons team that will be 5-2, and two, and if they win 6-1 and one, with a bandwagon that will grow instantaneously. Because Reggie, this is Reggie Jackson's outcoming game right here. If you can put any kind of pressure on Steph Curry, which is possible, it's been done by guys like Matthew Dellavedova, it's, it's possible. People can do it. But if he can come out and play a good game, play defense, and keep this game close, which I think is going to happen anyway. I don't understand this line by Vegas. 13-point favorites. You got to be kidding me on this. Like, how how are you a thirteen point favorite at home in the NBA against a five and one team with a back to back player of the week in Andre Drummond? That makes no sense to me. Unless the Pistons come out and play absolutely horrible, which they could. It's a back to back night game. It's a back to back game. I could see them coming out and playing flat. But do you think that's going to happen with a guy like Andre Drummond? Again, if the if the Golden State Warriors had a big man who could dominate down low, I'd be skeptical. But they don't. They have nobody down there that can compete with Andre Drummond. I think this is going to be one of the best games of the night tonight. I think this is going to be one of the more entertaining games. And we're going to see a lot from this game. We're going to see a lot what the Warriors are made of. We're going to see what the Pistons. This is really, for you, Andrew, and all the, all the Pistons fans, this is a litmus test game. Back-to-back game after a big-time win. And you can make the case that, obviously, the, 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 the Trailblazers showed their true colors last night. But this is a litmus test, litmus test game from the standpoint of, look, back-to-back game, 5-1, and one, early on, early success. You're playing the NBA champs who people are already anointing them as the next NBA champs and already being better than the, than the Bulls from 96, which is crazy. But people are doing that. And this, from a media perspective, is a test saying, look, can this Pistons team get over the hump of mediocrity? They're 5-1. and one. They're a good team right now but can they get over it against a team like this in Oakland? You have the floor, Andrew. Uh, All right, I want to preface everything with saying, just so people don't think I'm the ultimate homer, which I'm pretty close to, I do (laughs) think Golden State wins this game. What did you say it was? I know I texted you about it last night. A 14-point spread? Something like that. 13, yeah. 
it's crazy. I mean, that's 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 not realistic. Uh, I'm putting again. I'm a betting man. First of all, it's like a plus nine seventy money line. So I'm putting like ten bucks on the Pistons, and I'm going to come out with a hundred if they walk away with this game. Um, but la- last year, uh, Drummond played at Golden State, or the Pistons played at Golden State, and Drummond went for twenty two and twenty five. Just to kind of, right. and that that was the drumming of last year, and people don't realize people realize, but especially if you're watching the Pistons every single night for the past uh, three four years, how much this guy has improved this year. So if yeah. he could drop twenty two and twenty five last year at Golden State, thirty rebounds. What can they do right. when he's? Yeah, when he's got the confidence. Um, subtract Andrew Bogut and David Lee from that equation, who were you know, David Lee was there last year. I believe Andrew Bogut's hurt. Um, and, and you're looking at a team, that, I mean, at a game that I think goes down to the wire. Now, do I think the Pistons are in Golden State's league? No. But they're going to ride this wave of emotion from last night, this unbelievable confidence. You have to imagine, if you go out and outscore a team 41-11, to 11, the whole basketball universe is talking about you for the first time. I mean, these – these Pistons are a bunch of players who have not been talked about like this. You either, and and they don't seem like a group of guys from what I've seen that are going to go out and press. They seem like a group of guys that are going to go out and go, well, we're better than the Warriors, even though clearly they're not. But right. the way they've played and the the way their attitude was during the off season, that's the kind of mentality this team has, and that's what makes them so damn likable. I mean, they're awesome, and uh, you know. Reggie Jackson does not get credit for how good of a defender he is. I know Damian yeah. Lillard made a lot of shots last night, but those were contested shots. Um, the only defenders that Steph Curry struggles with are the defenders that are willing to fight through screens and run around the court with him for 40 minutes a night. Reggie Jackson is one of those guys, and not only that, if if Reggie Jackson starts to get tired, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, inconsistent shooter, streaky at best, is one of the best perimeter defenders in the entire NBA. Okay, I would not be shocked if they stuck him on Steph Curry the whole game. And then, you know, if you got Steph Curry in during the bench times, Stanley Johnson is an outstanding defender. Now, he's not going to be as quick as Steph Curry, but he's going to plow through those screens like you you haven't seen anybody do before, and and he could guard him. So this is a team that fits, you know, that, that matches up very, very well against Golden State. Like I said, I think Golden State wins, um, but I, I think it's going to be incredibly high scoring. Three and zero on the road, averaging something like 109 points a game. Uh, best away start since 0506 when they started five and zero. But I think you're looking at another 2020 game for Drummond, another 20 point game for Reggie Jackson. I think the score ends up being something like 115, 110. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of the. Be- I honestly think. Andrew, this is going to be one of those games where I I just have a weird feeling that tonight's going to be special from the standpoint of you're going to see a new team emerge in the NBA conversation as being a, not just a dark horse this season in the Detroit Pistons, but a team that now people are going to be like, wow, this team is for real. This team is legit. Can they win the title? No. Can they win the Eastern? No, but can they is there a future bright? Hell yeah, it is. It's so bright that, I mean, it's so bright that you really can't see how bright it might be down the road. Because this is how good this team is. I mean, five and one's no joke. I mean, that's, that's a good elite. 
basketball team. And you're talking about a team that's top three in the Eastern Conference right now after Toronto was undefeated coming into this weekend. You got Atlanta at seven and one, Cleveland six and one, Detroit's right there, five and one. Chicago and Toronto are right there. Chicago's five four and three. You got three, four and three teams hovering around. But Detroit's right there, right above them. Again, still early, still very early in the NBA season. But you're going up against the best team by far in the NBA in Golden State at 7-0, and the last undefeated team, crazy enough as this is, Utah right now is the number two team in the Western Conference. That, that's, how, that's how much of a muddled mess the Western Conference is going to be. What you see right now, if you're looking at your standings right now, and you're, I mean, I know you're probably driving or you're in your car or something, but if you have a chance, look at your standings tonight. The Western Conference is not going to change. It is going to be this way all year long, whether the Golden State Warriors are in it at all. Utah is 4-2. and two. They're the number two seed, which I know is crazy to talk about. But the number eight seed is Portland. They're four and three. You're looking at a half game difference between number two and number eight. It's going to be like that all season long when it comes to the Western Conference. And then you have three teams right outside of the top eight, outside of that, that, those seven spots in Dallas, Phoenix, and Memphis that are only a half game back of that. So you're talking about, you're talking about ten teams in the Western Conference that are all a half game, a game within each other for a potential playoff spot. It's going to be like that all season long and expect that to be the long case. Andrew, I know there was something you wanted to talk about when it came to uh, what was going on with, uh, with your personal life. Yeah. Um, the reason I missed the show Friday, uh, something came up. My my girlfriend, her name's Savannah. Her uh, grand, grandfather was out in the front yard. He was, uh, you know, cleaning up. And he's got a tree over his house. Uh, now, that tree was blowing leaves into his neighbor's yard. Uh, now, I found his neighbor is and always has been a, a drunken mess, an alcoholic, uh, drinks from morning till night. And, you know, obviously this shows for basketball, but sometimes I remember the first time I was on, Chris, you said, you, you said a few times a little thing called life gets in the way. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just want to take this to a serious note just so I can help, you know, raise awareness for my, my girlfriend's family and, and Steve. Um, so what happened was his neighbor came out, and Steve, when he was 29 years old, was hit by a drunk driver uh, going very fast. And the I believe the right side of his brain was damaged. His jaw was damaged. Uh, you know, he was very low balance. He, he's, he's handicapped from this incident. Now, with that, his neighbor knew he, he's handicapped. He's still, a, he's still a very, you know, he's a guy who can live on his own. He's not handicapped to uh, an insane point. Uh, his speech his speech is a little distorted because of his jaw. Like I said, his balance, things like that. Now, this guy came behind him, sucker punched him in the head, uh, got on top of him and continued to beat him. With that, he cracked uh, Steve's skull. Uh, that the crack in his skull nicked an artery in his brain, which created a blood clot from the front of his temple all the way to the back of the head. They rushed him to the hospital, uh, and luckily they got the blood clot out in time. They said five more minutes and he would have been dead. Um, and, and and with that, obviously, now he, a, a man who who doesn't have the time or money to do so, has now has to spend a month in the hospital doing rehab because he has to relearn to do a lot of things because now both sides of his brain are damaged. Um, with that, we, you know, and, and to, to make matters worse, 
the following day, because the reason the man stopped beating Steve was my girlfriend's grandma, who's a CPL holder, walked out, ran out with her gun, stuck it in his face, screamed at him to stop. The guy got off. Um, the guy is being charged with uh, aggravated assault with attempt to harm less than murder. You know, we're trying our best to get that updated to attempted murder because that's what it was. Uh, the following day, my girlfriend's grandmother, Bonnie LaRose, had a heart attack because of the stress um, of this incident. So in two days, my girlfriend almost lost both of her grandparents. They both, thankfully, are going to make full recoveries as far as we see right now. Her grandma is out of the hospital. Like I said, Steve's going to be there for about a month. Now, why I'm telling you this is because there has been a GoFundMe account set up uh, called Steve's Recovery Fund. Uh, if you look up Steve's Recovery Fund, Fund Brandy Lynn, you'll find it. Um, people have been amazing. In the last 24 hours, we have raised almost $1,700 towards Steve's recovery. Um, this is a man who, you know, just, just to kind of give an example of the kind of guy he was, he would go down his whole street, you know, after garbage day and sweep the whole street just so there wasn't a mess, just, just so he, other people's yards wouldn't have garbage you know, he would never get in your business. He would always try to make you laugh. And and, it, and it's just awesome knowing, even with that scumbag, uh, he's still going to be able to, you know, soon from now he's going to be able to go walk down the street again and sweep it and make you laugh. And he's going to be able to, you know, live, he's never going to be able to work again, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, that's a big reason why we're trying to raise money. Uh, you know, donating would be awesome if, you know, if you don't have the money or, you know, you just don't want to donate, that's, of course, understandable. But, you know, if you could just go share it, go spread awareness. Um, you know, so, something like this should not happen. Uh, it, it was really a tragedy. It, it was a very rough weekend for, you know, me and my, my girlfriend's family and people, you know, there's we had 15 people waiting in the hospital. But like I said, thankfully, they're both expected to make recoveries. Um, and if you could, please just go help spread awareness, try to raise more money for this guy because he really does deserve it. Yeah, and uh, there's there's a lot of things that, you know, that you can do also to help with this. Uh, we can try and get that out on the Twitter page if you want, Andrew. That's a, that's totally fine if you want to do that. And uh, we'll uh, we'll get we'll get the word spread around. Um, yeah, it's just it's, it's really unfortunate to hear hear a circumstance like that happen uh, just in in public in general, you know, and like you've said, and like I've said, you know, life has this crazy way of, uh, of turning on us sometimes. And, uh, with that circumstance, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. And, uh, I hope that it, I hope that he can work out and eventually come back to doing his, at least, at least doing his lively duties, you know, maybe not being able to work again, but at least hopefully getting back to living a, a normal life. Well, we got about a minute left in the show. Um, and uh, we're already well into the podcast, so that's totally fine. Um, our next show will be tomorrow. It will be, it will be more of a regular show, 45 minutes so we get going. Tuesday, November 10th, 2015. We'll talk about all the games from today. We'll break down maybe a little bit of college basketball. I've seen some of the previews on Sports Illustrated. I want to get into that a little bit tomorrow. And also we'll preview the Tuesday shows. Andrew, anything you want to talk about more? Uh, nothing else, just as I say every time, guys. Peace. All right, everybody, have a great day. Enjoy the basketball. It's going to be an awesome, awesome day of basketball.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.